Hi, I'm Kristen Sisko. I'm an immigration associate at Minor and Landis. I'm joined today by my colleague, Lynn Walker, for our lightning round Q&A. This week, we received a very interesting question. The question is about a violation of non-immigrant status and its impact on adjustment of status. Specifically, the individual mentions that they are about to file an employment-based application for adjustment of status to obtain their green card. They realized when outlining their employment history that they briefly worked for an employer where they never received prior approval from USCIS. So these types of situations can be pretty complex. This person seems to be referring to what is commonly known as unauthorized employment. In this situation, Lynn, is there any relief available to this person so that they could still apply for their adjustment of status given this unauthorized employment? Thank you, Kristen. Um, this is in fact very complex as you were saying. So before we can determine if there's any relief available, we need to get some additional facts. So can you tell me from the message the person sent whether they have an approved or pending I-140 based on employment in the first, second, third, or fourth preference and what their non-immigrant status was at the time this violation occurred. Let me take a look at the message here. Let me read it again. So yes, it appears that they have an approved I-140 based on an approved labor certification application in the EB3 or employment-based third preference category. It also looks like they were working in H-1B status when this violation happens. Okay, so those are all good facts to know. Um, did they by any chance mention how long this violation occurred? Yes, thankfully they did. According to their message, they, they told us that it was about two to three weeks, which I know is, is very important in this situation. They don't mention any other violations, just this one. So Kristen, with the limited information that we have and assuming that there were no other violations of status, and in fact, this individual only worked for two to three weeks without authorization, there is some relief that's available. It's under Section 245K of the Immigration and Nationality Act, also known as INA 245K. I'm going to read this portion to, to our viewers, to our listeners, because it's really important to get the key facts correct. So Section 245K of the INA allows individuals to obtain approval of a green card application in most employment-based categories, even if the person has violated certain terms or conditions of their status. Section 245K can render the normal bars to adjustment of status inapplicable to certain employment-based adjustment of status applicants who, since their last lawful admission to the United States, have not for an aggregate period of more than 180 days, A, failed to maintain continuous lawful status, B, engaged in unauthorized employment, or C, otherwise violated the terms and conditions of their admission. So Kristen, this is a lot to keep in mind. There are several factors 
that we have to consider when we're talking about 245K. Can you break this down for our listeners based on current USCIS interpretation and policy? Yeah, so it's important to emphasize a few points in this situation. The first one is that the violation must be less than 180 days. Second, the 180 days are counted from the last lawful entry into the United States. So violations that may have occurred prior to the last entry are not included in the 180 days. Also, the 180 days refers to the total amount of time for all three types of violations that you had just mentioned. So it's it's calculated in aggregate. For example, if a person is out of status for 100 days and then works without authorization for another 100 days, they're not eligible for relief under 245K because the total would be 200 days in that situation and not 180 days or less of unauthorized conduct. Now, specifically with regard to employment without authorization, Lynn, can you tell us how USCIS counts the days for that particular violation? So let's use the example in the question we were given where this person worked for two to three weeks without authorization. It doesn't matter whether the person worked part-time or only five hours a week, USCIS still counts that full two to three week period. So in this scenario, the individual would have anywhere from um, 14 to 21 days of unauthorized employment. If that is the only violation and they are otherwise eligible for adjustment of status, they can file and 245K will provide them with some protection. So Kristen, to expand on that issue a little, what happens to a person who has been violating their status by working without authorization? They're eligible to file under 245K. So let's say they only work two or three weeks without employment authorization. But once they file their adjustment, they continue to work without authorization. What happens in a case like this? Yeah, so it's important to understand that the 180-day count can continue after they file the adjustment of status application. So just because they qualify for 245K at the time that they're submitting their application, it doesn't freeze the amount of time. So if they continue working without authorization for their, their current employment situation, they can continue to engage in unauthorized employment, and that can continue to count towards 180 days. Now, if they exceed exceed that 180 days, even after they submit their application, there's the risk that they'll be denied for the adjustment of status given that violation. It's also really important to mention that with 245K, it doesn't cure all violations for employment-based visas there very well could be other grounds and inadmissibility for the individual that could prevent them from adjusting their status to lawful permanent residence. So in these scenarios, it's really important to consult with an attorney and go over the entire situation, explain all of the particulars and let them know what's going on. This way, the attorney can take a look at the full circumstance 
and advise accordingly. This is all we have time for today, but don't forget to give us a call and schedule a consultation if you'd like to discuss the particulars of your matter. Personal information at Minor and Landis is always kept confidential. The identity and personal details of those asking questions are never disclosed. Finally, don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn and message us any questions you would like answered in our next round. Also, don't forget to follow us at Minor and Landis for frequent updates on new rules and policies. Disclaimer, the information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Minor and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.